the stories of mahabharata retold by sudipta bhaumik welcome dear friends to another episode of the stories of mahabharata in the last episode we heard the story of jarasandha and his death in the hands of bhima we also heard how the pandavas completed all the prerequisites for performing the rajasuya sacrifice the great rajasuya sacrifice began with the ringing of bells and the deep sounds of the conch shells blown by the brahmins the great sage vyasa supervised the proceedings six huge pyres were lit priests sat around each pyre and poured ghee into the fire while chanting hymns from the samaveda another set of brahmin priests watched over the proceedings with a keen eye to detect any mistakes the third team listened to the chants for mispronunciations of the mantras for any mistake would ruin the yagna the royal guests who sat around the sacrificial grounds to watch the ceremony discussed about the details of the ritual some tried to find flaws while some praised the pandavas for their attention to details some argued about the theological aspects of the sacrifice while some talked about the political consequences rishi narada was sitting in one corner of the room and watched the crowd he wondered there must be some divine plan behind all this the best of the best kshatriyas have assembled here to witness the rajasuya sacrifice no wonder they must be the reincarnations of celestial gods even the supreme lord is here today in the garb of a kshatriya do they know what future awaits them do they know that not too far from now the lord himself will destroy them all and call them back to the heavens at the end of the first phase of the sacrifice bhishma called upon yudhishthira and said now you must pay homage to the most important person in the audience by offering him your first worship yudhishthira looked at bhima and said o grandsire you are our guardian and the wisest man amongst us you tell me whom should i pay my homage bhishma smiled and said just as the sun is the brightest among the stars so is krishna among the guests assembled here you should select krishna as your best man and pay him your respects and offerings yudhishthira was glad to hear this for he too had krishna in his mind he called upon sahadeva to make the announcement of his decision sahadeva walked up to the stands and addressed the guests respected brahmins kings and guests to conclude the rajasuya ceremony it is customary to pay homage to the most important person living amongst us my brother the great king and emperor yudhishthira has chosen vasudeva krishna as the best man 
worthy of his first worship. The crowd broke out into a loud applause and greeted the announcement with loud cheers. They had no doubts about the greatness of Krishna. But one man sat still in the audience. And as the crowd praised Yudhishthira for his wise decision, his face turned red in anger. It was Shishupala, the king of Chedi. As Yudhishthira and his brothers proceeded towards Krishna to worship him, Shishupala stood up and yelled, Stop! Stop this nonsense! How dare you worship Krishna when so many other deserving kings are present in the audience? Yudhishthira was startled to hear this. He knew Shishupala had a bitter relationship with Krishna, for Krishna had abducted and married his bride-to-be, Rukmini. Since then, Shishupala had been looking for an opportunity to get back at Krishna. But nobody could guess he would use Rajasuya sacrifice as his excuse to insult Krishna. Shishupala came down from the stands and said, Yudhishthira, are you out of your mind? How could you select Krishna as the most important man? Has your grandfather Bhishma gone senile? Krishna is not even a king. Why would you want to worship him? If you consider seniority to be your criteria, then why not Vasudeva, Krishna's father? He is present here. Or if it is a friend you want to worship, then why not King Drupada? If you consider Krishna to be your guru and deserves your respect, then why not your guru Dronacharya? The great sage Vyasa is here. Why not him? Why not Bhishma? He is the wisest and the most gallant warrior alive. Even death cannot touch him without his wish. There are so many others in this hall whom you could have selected as the candidate for your first worship. Why did you have to select Krishna? He is a cunning and evil man. That fraud killed my friend Jarasandha by deceit. If Krishna was always in your mind, why invite us to the farce of yours? To insult us? Remember, I paid you my taxes not in fear or to receive any favors. I paid you my taxes because I thought you were righteous and you would make a good emperor. But now I feel I have made a grave mistake. But Krishna sat calm in the midst of all this pandemonium. He didn't even look at Shishupala. Shishupala felt ignored. He turned towards Krishna and said, Krishna, how dare you accept this worship? The Pandavas may have lost their senses, but you should know better that there are people present in this hall who deserve the honor more than you. Or are you like that mangy dog who feels like a king when he finds a piece of food in the trash bin? You don't even realize that the Pandavas are making a laughing stock of you. He then looked back at the assembled guests and said, Friends, today we have seen how low the Pandavas can stoop. We have seen what kind of a man Bhishma is. And we have seen what kind of a person Krishna is who only lusts for fame and honor. We should not spend a single more moment on this sinful ground. We should all leave at once. Come with me. Yudhishthira stopped Shishupala and said in a calm voice, O king of Chedi, I am afraid you are not thinking straight. You cannot ignore Bhishma's words. 
there are many kings and warriors assembled here today who are older and wiser than you in all respects. They all have accepted our decision to worship Krishna. Then why do you object? Bhishma knows Krishna more than you do. Bhishma came to Yudhishthira and touched his shoulder. My son, one who objects to the worship of the person who is worshipped by all in the heavens and earth is not worthy of your polite and kind words. Krishna is the creator and destroyer of the universe. He is omnipresent in all beings. If that fool Shishupala cannot grasp this truth, then it's better you ignore him and proceed with your duty. Sahadeva came forward and said, On behalf of my elder brother Yudhishthira, I worship the greatest of all human beings, Lord Krishna. If any one of you dare to challenge, come forward and fight me. Saying this, Sahadeva proceeded towards Krishna and worshipped him by paying homage to his feet while the priests chanted their mantras. Shishupala was furious. He called upon all the kings who were sympathetic to him. Friends, we should not tolerate this insult anymore. Let us attack the Pandavas and the Vrishnis and ruin the ceremony. They don't deserve our reverence. Shishupala's inflammatory words stirred up the dissident kings and a great pandemonium ensued. Yudhishthira asked Vishma, O grandsire, these kings have lost their minds in anger and now our Rajasuya sacrifice is in jeopardy. Tell me, what should we do? Bhishma said, Don't worry. Like a pack of dogs who bark at a sleeping lion, these kings are screaming at Krishna for no reason at all. That fool Shishupala has arranged to send them to their death. When Krishna wishes to destroy someone, the unfortunate person loses his mind like this. Hearing this, Shishupala yelled at Bhishma, You good for nothing old man! How dare you threaten the kings! Aren't you ashamed of yourself? You, who's supposed to be the wisest of all, have become a psychophant of Krishna. You want to worship that foolish herdsman? Why? Because Krishna killed a weak woman? Putana? That makes him a woman killer and not a god. He killed the weak and feeble Lashwasura and Vrishabhasura who weren't even capable of fighting. What's so great about it? They say Krishna held the Govardhana mountain on his finger for a week. <laughs> but that mountain was nothing more than a molehill. <laughs> Krishna killed his own uncle, Kansa, to whom he owed his life. How can you condone such grievous act? He is the greatest sinner of all. Shishupala stopped for a while to breathe and then lashed out at Bhishma. Bhishma, you claim to be the most righteous man? Then why did you steal Amba, the princess of Kashi, who was engaged to another man? Was that a proper action for a Kshatriya? Your sister-in-laws were impregnated by another man in front of you and you claim to be the wisest of wise. <laughs> your vow of celibacy is also fake. You have become celibate only to hide your impotency. Bhima couldn't sit still any longer. He turned red with anger and was about to pounce upon Shishupala. 
Bhishma stopped him. Shishupala laughed and said, Ha! Let him come. Let the people witness how I crush this arrogant brute. Bhishma stood up and addressed the audience in his deep and solemn voice. Dear guests, I think it is time I share a secret about Shishupala with you. Shishupala was born with three eyes, four arms and braid like a donkey. His parents were scared and thought of abandoning him. But then a voice from the heavens said, O king, rear up the child for his time of death is yet to come, although his killer is already born. Shishupala's mother asked, Please tell me, who would be his killer? The voice said, The man on whose lap Shishupala would lose his two extra arms and his third eye would be his killer. Since then, Shishupala's father put his son on the laps of thousands of kings and warriors. But nothing happened. Then one day, Krishna and Balarama came to visit their aunt, the queen of Chedi. The queen mother placed the boy Shishupala on Krishna's lap. And right then, Shishupala's two extra arms dropped off and his third eye vanished from his forehead. Shishupala's mother was scared. She said, Krishna, promise me you would always pardon my son Shishupala for all his transgressions. Krishna said, don't worry, I will pardon 100 of his crimes. This fool Shishupala is causing all this ruckus for he knows he would be pardoned. It is because of Krishna he dares to say all such atrocious things. I would say, if it is Krishna he hates, then why doesn't he challenge Krishna to a combat and herald his death? Listening to this caustic remark, Shishupala turned to Krishna and yelled, Krishna, I challenge you to fight me. Today, today I will kill you and your psychophants, the Pandavas. You are not a king. You are nothing but a servant of Kansa and you do not deserve any kind of worship. I will kill you and rid the world of a fraud. Krishna couldn't stay seated any longer. He stood up and said, Dear kings, we the Yadavas have never done any harm to Shishupala. Still, he keeps on attacking us. Shishupala is my cousin, my aunt's son, but still he prefers to be my enemy. The list of his crimes and transgressions are endless. When we went to visit Pragyotishpura, Shishupala attacked our city of Dwarka and burned it down to ashes. When the king of Bhoj came to visit the Raibatak mountains, Shishupala killed his entire contingent. He ruined my father's Ashwamedha sacrifice by stealing his sacrificial horse. He stole Babru's wife while she was traveling from Dwarka to the Saubir kingdom. This heinous man came in disguise and stole my uncle's daughter Bhadra. This scoundrel wanted to marry Rukmini. But he is not worthy of a great woman like her. So, I saved her from this monster. I have been tolerating all his crimes because I had given my word to my aunt, his mother. But today, you have seen and you have heard how he insulted me in front of you all. I cannot pardon him anymore. 
Shishupala laughed and said, <laughs> Aren't you ashamed to talk about my engagement with Rukmini? Huh? Who could be more shameless to declare in front of everybody about his wife's ex-lover? Listen to me. I care a damn if you pardon me or not. Neither do I care for your anger or your kindness. You cannot even bend a hair on my body. Krishna's eyes lit up in anger. He held out his hand and said, Enough is enough. You have surpassed your hundred transgressions and I cannot pardon you anymore. Prepare to die. Krishna closed his eyes and summoned his weapon, the Sudarshan Chakra. In a moment, the chakra flew in, spinning like a tornado and settled on Krishna's right forefinger. The moment Krishna uttered the command, the fiery disc flashed out of his finger towards Shishupala and severed his head from his body and then disappeared into the sky. Shishupala's decapitated body crashed into the ground like a huge oak tree and the ground shook under the feet of the kings and visitors. They stood dumbfounded and stared at the mighty Krishna who stood calm with a faint smile on his face. Some were scared, while some bowed before Krishna and hailed him for destroying a tyrant. Yudhishthira ordered his men to arrange for Shishupala's funeral at the earliest. After the funeral, Yudhishthira, along with the other kings, installed Shishupala's son as the king of Chedi. Finally, the great Rajasuya sacrifice came to an end under the protection of Lord Krishna. The invited guests approached Yudhishthira and congratulated him on his successful completion of the ceremony. They said, O Yudhishthira, we are glad you are now our emperor. You have performed your Rajasuya sacrifice with due diligence and we are pleased by your hospitality and care. Please, please don't hesitate to call us if you ever need any help. Now with your permission, would like to go back to our homes. Yudhishthira thanked them and made all arrangements for their departure. Krishna also wanted to go back to Dwarka. Yudhishthira held his hand and said, O Govinda, it was only because of you I was able to complete my Rajasuya sacrifice. All the Kshatriya kingdoms have come under my empire only because of your blessings and help. How can I say goodbye to you? Krishna said, O oh friend, I am always at your disposal. Call me whenever you need me. But now I must go back to Dwarka. My people are waiting for me. After bidding farewell to Subhadra and Draupadi, Krishna mounted his dark cloud-like Garuda chariot and departed for Dwarka. The Pandavas stood at the gates with tearful eyes, with the hope to see him soon in the days to come. The Stories of Mahabharata is written, directed and told by Shudipta Bomek. Audio engineering, original music and sound design by Avi Ziv. The podcast is distributed under the Creative Commons non-commercial license. Find us online at facebook.com slash Mahabharata podcast. Join the group for updates and news. Subscribe to the podcast using iTunes or any podcast catcher.